today, I would like to talk to you about, about something very interesting, something that I don't think the church talks about enough. I've actually personally never heard a lot on it, but it is important because the Bible says that it's something that we have access to, and the Bible says that it's something that we will receive. And so it's something that we need to know about because we actually have to, a part to play in how we get it. And so today I'm going to talk to you about a life that God rewards. A life that God rewards. Do you know that God will reward you for the life that you live? Amen. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 16, verse 27, and it says this, For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. What does it say? It says he will do what? Reward each one according to what? According to his works. The Bible says it, so it's true. He's going to come back, and he's going to be rewarding us. He's going to be dishing out some good stuff. Everybody say this with me today. Eternity, Eternity is, forever. is forever. I'm not talking about the cologne. You guys remember that ad back in the day? Eternity is forever. Calvin Klein? That's not what we're talking about. We're actually talking about eternal life. Eternity is forever. There is no end. Can you imagine that? There is no end to eternity. You know, we, we in this world, we can measure things that are finite. We can measure ends of things. But with eternity, there is no end. It will go on and on and on and on. On this earth, we live by two laws. Two laws. You know, write this down. The first law is the law of time. And the second is the law of faith. So we share... Two natures. We have this physical body, which is our natural man or woman. And then we have a spiritual, a spirit man, a spirit woman, if you want to say, a spirit man. There's a spirit to us that will live forever. So we have our natural body, which is limited. And we have our spirit, which will live forever. So while we are here on the earth, we are given time to prepare Everybody say this is preparation time. We are given time to prepare. Why? Because eternity is forever. I want to drill that into you this morning. Eternity is forever. And there's a very sad thing about, about the church today, about this generation, is that we actually don't think about eternity. And we actually don't prepare for eternity. And we actually separate eternity from where we are right now. And I want to I I talk to you about that today because we actually have been given this time now to prepare for what's to come. And it's important that we understand and that we recognize and we focus on what is going to be required for us to receive what God has. I want to show you an illustration. Now, just pretend with me for a minute this rope goes on forever. Pretend there's no end to this rope. It's just going to keep going and going and going, and you can't see the end of it. Now, this rope, imagine, is a timeline of your life. This rope is a timeline of your life. Now, this part that goes on and on and on is a part of you that's going to exist forever. Forever and ever, part of you will exist. Now, this part here, see this green part? 
This is the part of our life, the part of us that exists here on the earth. This is our earthly life. This is our forever life. Earthly life, forever life. It's just, it, there's no end, okay? It keeps going. And this part here represents our time on earth. It's from the time that we are born and the time that, to the time that we will pass away, that we will die, or we will be raptured, because that is coming soon. But this time here remind, represents how long we are here on the earth. It represents the time that we have here once we are born. I want to make it clear. This black part is eternity. This green part is the earth. Do you see the difference? Just remember, remember, we're pretending that this black part doesn't end. Do you see the difference? This is our earthly life. This is our eternal life. And so we have here a few years on the earth. For some of us, it's, it's, it's shorter. It's 30. It's 40. For some of us, it's 70. For some of us, it's 200. Depends what your faith is. I've been declaring for a long time that I'm going to live to be over 100. But we have a limited time here on the earth. We have a limited time. And I want you to see that there is no gap in this rope between our time on earth and our time in eternity. We move from one to the other in a blink of an eye. There is no gap. There is no break. There is no separation. It is earthly life to eternal life. That's it. And all of this represents your life. All of this represents your timeline. All of this represents how long you will live. See, there is a part of you that will live forever. Can you imagine that? There is a part of you that will live forever. Daniel, you will never, ever, never exist. You will always exist. You will always exist, Johnny. You will always exist. There is a part of you that will live forever. You guys getting this? This rope represents your existence. And your eternity will be spent in one of two places. You will live forever. Trust me, my friend. There will be a part of you that lives forever. Where you live and where you end up is up to you. You can either spend your eternity in heaven or you can spend it in hell. Hell is a very real place. You don't want to spend eternity there. And so this rope represents our existence. And, and what's amazing to me is that so many of us in the kingdom focus on this green part. We're so focused on our life here on earth. We're so focused on what we're doing here on earth. We're so focused on, on, on building our own kingdoms and building our own empires. We're so focused on getting the best education, getting the best job, climbing up the corporate ladder, building incredible wealth, getting big houses and beautiful cars, wearing fancy clothes. We're so consumed with this part of our life. We think about, what am I going to eat? Where am I going to go on vacation? What's the next weave I'm going to buy? When am I going to get my nails done? <laughs> this part. We are so focused on this part. And then, I, I got to put this down for a sec. This is the beginning. This is the end. See this, this little last part here, this like, one and a half centimeters at the end. We spend so much time and effort focusing on when I get here, because this is when I retire. 
<laughs> and so I'm going to work and work and work, and I'm going to go to school, and I'm going to get a good education, and I'm going to invest in stocks, invest in bonds, I'm going to get an RRSP, I'm going to invest in my company pension plan, because when I hit here, Freedom 55, I'm going to live. I'm going to travel. I'm going to have the best time. I'm going to have a great time while I'm retired. I'm going to have all my expenses paid for. I'm going to live a good life. Isn't that our focus? Especially as you start getting to a certain point in years. You're like, oh, i got to think about my retirement. Oh, what's my pension looking like? Am I going to be able to live? This green part. We work so hard. We put so much effort. We put so much time. We are so consumed with this green part. This green part. But what about this part? What about the part of you that lives forever? See, this green part is temporal. This part is eternal. What about this part? That's what we're going to talk about today, church. What about this part? What is it that I'm going to do right now in this earthly life that will determine how I spend millions and millions and millions of years in my eternal life? It's hard to fathom. Can you imagine? Though you'll be alive for millions and millions of years, there's no end. There is no end to eternity. And so there is a part of you that will continue to live forever. Somebody say, eternity is forever. And we must use our time here on earth to prepare for what we do there. See, we, we spend so much time preparing for school and preparing for a career and saving for retirement. And, and, and we prepare for disasters because we take out insurance and we make sure that we have certain things on our car and on our home. Oh my gosh, you know, it might flood. Oh, it's winter. You know, and we just, we take all these precautions and we make sure we're good here. But the greatest thing we need to prepare for, friends, is the part of us that lives forever. It's eternity. We need to prepare for our forever life. Because we will live forever. Now, don't get me wrong. It's okay to work. It's okay to go to school. It's okay to study. It's okay to have a nice house. It's okay to have a car. It's okay to prepare for your future. It's okay to do all of these things. I, I went to school. I got a degree so I could get a, a work in a, a field that I was interested in. All of these things are okay, but what we need to be aware of and what we need to be very mindful of is now that we're doing whatever, we need to start shifting our focus to preparing for the part of us that lives forever. We need to start looking at eternity. And for some reason, people think that it's separate. I, they think that we live this life and then that life happens. That life is not just going to happen. That life is happening. You're alive, you're going to live forever. For whatever reason, people disconnect the two. I don't know, maybe it's because people don't want to think about what happens after this. But if you're a child of God, something amazing happens after this. And if you're not a child of God, something not amazing happens after this. But we're going to give you a chance to change that in a few minutes. But you will live forever and your destination will be in one of two places. But the two are connected. There's no disconnection. What we do here is connected to eternity. 
Have you ever heard that before? How you live here is connected to your forever life. How you live here, what you do here, is connected to what's going to happen in eternity. In, in Luke chapter 10, verse 34, you know, Jesus is telling the disciples, he's telling a story about the Good Samaritan. You ever hear that story? The Good Samaritan? So there's this man who's walking down the road, and he sees this guy at the side of the road, and this guy is really beat up. Like, he's in bad shape. He's bleeding. Somebody left him to die. He's got, like, he's just got wounds everywhere. He needs help. And so the Good Samaritan stops, picks him up, takes him to a hotel, or a motel, or an inn, takes him to a place where he can rest. The good Samaritan then bandages him up, gets bandages, washes his wounds, makes sure that he's taken care of, makes sure that he has a place to rest. And then the Samaritan goes to the innkeeper and he says this, he says, hey, listen, this guy here, I want you to look after him. Whatever it takes, look after him. And any extra expense that you need, that you have to give out, when I come back, I will repay you. Just look after him. I've brought him to you. When I come back, I will repay you for what you've done. In this story, Jesus is the good Samaritan. Jesus is the one who found us by the wayside. Broken and busted and disgusted and beaten up. And, and needing help, and needing healing, and needing repair, and needing assistance, and needing a place to rest our head, and needing a place to sleep, and needing peace, and needing healing. Jesus is the one who found us. He is the good Samaritan in this story. But look at this. The innkeeper is the church. The innkeeper is us. We are the innkeepers. And so there's, there's two amazing things happening in this story because here Jesus is bringing the wounded, the, the ones that need help, the ones that need healing, the ones that are broken, that need peace, that, need, that are hurting. He brings them to the inn, which is us, for healing, for care, for health, for love. And then he says to the innkeeper, which is us, say, I am the innkeeper. He says to the innkeeper, I'm going away. But when I come back, I'm going to repay you for everything that you've done for him. Wow. I'm going to repay you. He's telling us here very clearly that our actions here in this life will be rewarded or receive an action or receive a consequence in the other life. What we do here will not be forgotten, friends, but it will be repaid. Matthew 16, 27, again, Jesus says this, For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with angels, and he will then reward each one according to his works. What have we done with what he has given us? Now, I want to make a really clear distinction here today, okay, because we, we believe in grace here at KICC. Everybody say amen. We're, we're, we preach grace. We teach grace. We live grace. We believe in grace. And so I want you to be clear here that what Jesus is talking about um, it is not, has, it doesn't have anything to do with you working for salvation. It's nothing here uh, requiring you to work for grace, 
What he's talking about here is rewards for our work. So he's not talking about the gift of salvation. He's saying here that I will reward them for their works. He's not saying I will reward you for what you believe. He's saying that I will reward you for how you worked. I will reward you for what you did. And so we see here in Timothy 5.18, it says that a laborer is worthy of his wages. A laborer then is worthy of his payment or his reward. In other words, Jesus is saying this to us. He's saying, listen, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to reward you. I'm going to give you something for what you've done here. I'm going to reward you for what you've done for me. This is not about salvation, guys. You don't have to work for grace. You don't have to work for grace. You don't have to work for salvation. Salvation is a free gift that Jesus has already come and he's already given to us. Listen, let me tell you guys something. There is no way any one of us in this room could earn salvation. We can't do it. We can't earn the grace of God. There is nothing inside of us that makes us good enough for the grace of God. It is a free gift. It is not something you have to work for. All you have to do is believe by faith and you will receive. Salvation is free, amen? Salvation is free. It is a free gift that comes to those who receive Jesus as their Savior. It has nothing to do with our efforts. It has nothing to do with our work. It is not a reward or a payment for good behavior. Salvation is strictly the result of our faith in Jesus Christ. I want to make this very, very, very clear so that there's no confusion. Salvation is free. Grace is free. You don't have to work for it. In Romans 4, 5, it says this, However, to those who do not work, but trust God who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. So basically saying to him who is not working, you're not working for Jesus, so you have believed in faith, you still get the righteousness, you're still righteous, you're still saved by faith. Salvation is a gift that you receive by believing in faith. Rewards now are the payment that you receive after you've been saved. So rewards come after salvation. Salvation is free. Rewards come after. I want to make sure we're very, very clear in that today. Don't want anybody to be confused with what we're talking about. Salvation is free. Rewards come after. Now listen to this. There are two keys that determine everything in eternity. Two. You're going to want to write this down. The first key is the key of belief. This is where uh, you unlock the door to eternity, to your eternal life, and it determines where you're going to spend it. So the key of belief, do I need to change mics? Not good?
everyday life looks like, that's important to him. What we do with the gifts that he's given to us, that's important to him. Do we, do we bring back the talents and the things that we've learned and bring back into the house and, and build the kingdom, or do we take it to the world and, and build our own empires? What we do with what he's given us matters. What we give matters to him. How you give towards the church. Where do you put your resources? How do you spend your time? Where do you put your, your talents? Where, what are you doing with the stuff that he's given to you? How you give matters. How we treat each other? Oh. How we treat each other matters, church. Are we, are we loving? Are we honoring? Are we forgiving to each other? Or are we holding offenses and, and, and being unforgiving? And, and this person on this side is not talking to someone on that side. And, oh, I can't come to church because so-and-so is there and I'm mad. Guys, how we treat each other matters. How we treat each other matters. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now that we are saved and we're positioned as kings and as priests, God expects us to have good works. Somebody say good works. God expects us to have good works. See, we are saved by faith, not works, but we are saved to do good works. We are saved to do something. It's not a, a free ticket, a get out of hell free card kind of thing. When you get saved and you come into the kingdom, God's like, good, now i got stuff for you to do. There are works. There are things that you now have to put your hands to to help build his kingdom. In Ephesians 2, 8 to 10, it says this, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God. So we talked about this. Not by works so that anyone could boast. We can never earn, earn salvation. We can never earn grace. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. We have been created to do what, guys? Good works. Now that we are in the kingdom, we have been called to do good works. There is a life, friends, that God will reward. We are called to live the life that he rewards. Now we know that God is going to reward us. We got to look at a couple of things. First, I want to say this to you. You know, there are some, some people at church who are like, oh, I, I don't need any rewards. I, just serving Jesus is enough. I just want to get to heaven, you know. He's just done so much for me. I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve any rewards. And in humility, you're probably saying, you know what, I'm just, I'm just content to be in heaven with Jesus, and I'm just content to have eternal life. And it sounds wonderful, guys, but it's not scriptural. It is not scriptural. That is false humility. You know why? Because the Bible tells us that the life that we live will either yield rewards or it won't. The Bible already tells us that there's a system in place and that our decisions are already being weighed. The Bible tells us already that the life that we've been saved into actually matters and God is watching us for what we're doing and based on what we do, he will reward us or not. And those rewards are directly tied to the part of us that live forever. 
So the Bible tells us that our, our rewards, our works will be judged and they will be rewarded. In Romans 2, 5, it says this, but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Unbelievers are actually storing up treasures for their eternal life. You will live forever, friends. It'll either be in heaven or it'll be hell. Everything we all do today impacts our eternal life. So just as us as believers, the life we live is creating or generating or, or storing up rewards and treasures for us. It's the same way if you're not saved, your life is generating and treasuring up and storing rewards for your eternal life. God in his justice will reward the wicked and he will reward the righteous. In Matthew 6, 20, it says this, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Treasures in heaven, that's our eternal life. So we see here the Bible is telling us we have an eternal life. We will be rewarded in that eternal life. We have been saved to do good works, and now we have to store up our treasures in the place where it can never be tarnished, it can never be stolen, it can never be taken. We are supposed to lay up our treasures in heaven. Jesus didn't say lay up your treasures here. That's not what he said. He didn't say lay up your treasures in this earthly life. He said as you're here on the earth, prepare and lay up your treasures where? In heaven. Lay up your treasures for yourself in heaven. Some of you might be thinking, oh, well, I don't, what do you mean lay up my treasures? What does that even look like? Like, how do I do that? I'm not a preacher. I'm not in Sunday school. I, I don't know, you know, my life is, is so busy already. You know, I've got kids, I've got work, I've got this, I've got that. You know, how am I supposed to lay up treasures? I want to tell you right now, you need to stop. That's an excuse. Because the Bible says we can do it, so we can do it. The problem is we're not making it a priority or a focus, and we're not thinking about it because we're so focused on the green part, and we're not thinking about our forever life. And so, yes, you can, church. You can do it. It is an excuse. Don't think that, oh, you know, because I can't preach, because I'm not involved in ministry, I can't give, I, I can't store up treasures. Oh, you know, I've got to pay my bills. I, I got to take care of my dog. I got to take care of my cat. I got all these things that I got to do. I got to work. I got to, I got to clean my house. Those are all just excuses. They are excuses because we have been called to lay up treasures in heaven. If God said it, then we can do it. It's, there is a way, church, we just need to remember that this is not all that there is to us. And when we take the focus off the green part, off of our earthly life, and we realize, hey, what I do here is going to affect what happens to me in eternity, trust me, you're going to start doing things differently. When you realize that your decisions and your actions and the things that you're doing here right now is going to affect what happens to you once you get into eternity, Things will be different. There is a way. Let me tell you how. One, any investment you make into the kingdom of God to advance it will be rewarded. 
It is when you take the gifts and the talents that God has given you and you bring it back into his house and you use it to expand his kingdom. You use it to expand his glory. You use it for him, not for yourself, not to build up your own empire, but you bring it back here and you build his house. You build his kingdom. When you take your talents and your gifts and the things that he has given you and you expand his kingdom, you will receive a reward. Anything that you do to improve your spiritual walk with God will be rewarded. What? When you come to church, you will be rewarded. <laughs> when you read your Bible, when you pray, when you take steps to get closer to God, to learn about him, to learn about who he is, his nature, his character, about what he has for you, about what he wants for you. When you take the time to build your relationship with God, the Bible says that these things will be rewarded. We can do these things, guys. We are all called to do good works. Good works are an act of compassion that meets someone's need. We can all meet needs in this house. We can all walk in, in compassion. We can all do good works. These are some of the ways that we get rewards. In Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says this, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a diligent reward, uh, sorry, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When you seek him, he will reward you. When you seek him, he will reward you. When you seek him, church, he will reward you. When you increase in him, he will reward you. In Matthew 6, 6, it says, But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. When you seek him. Do you guys see a theme here? <laughs> When you seek him, when you build your relationship with him. Every act of good works is an investment into the kingdom of God. And it is an investment into eternity. Check this out. In 1 Corinthians 3, 5, it says this. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed. As the Lord gave to each one, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his labor. Each one, each one of us will receive a reward according to our labor. What is it that you're doing for the kingdom today, friends? See, every time you evangelize, every time you go out there and you share your faith, every time you go out there and you win souls, every time you go out there and you, you pray for the sick, you share 
you know, Jesus with someone who doesn't know him. Every time you go out there and you, you do outreach, you, you go to the mall. You know, we have a mall ministry here. It goes out every week. You go to the mall and you meet people. You talk to them. You encourage them. You pray for them. Every time you do these things, every time you go into the prisons and you go and you meet the prisoners and you tell them about the hope and the love of Jesus Christ, every time you do these things, every time you cast out demons, every time you come to church and you pray for the sick and you pray for those who are bound and you release the kingdom on them. Every time you move in your gifts, every single time you do this to benefit the kingdom, you are doing good works, and your good works will be rewarded by your Father who sees what you are doing. We have been called to good works, friends. We have been called to good works. This life is not for us to just build a life here on earth. This life is for us to use what God has given us and to increase in it and to build his kingdom. In Matthew 25, verse 40 to 45, you might be familiar with this scripture. It says, Jesus was talking to the disciples and he says, you know, he's talking about those who, who are blessed. He said, you know, blessed are you who, when I was hungry, you gave me to eat. And when I, when I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. And when I was naked, you gave me clothing. And when I was in, in prison, you visited with me. And, and when I was alone, you comforted me. And when I was sick, you prayed for me and you tended to me. And when, when you did all of these things, Jesus is telling them, well, you did it to me. And so the disciples are like, what are you talking about, Jesus? Like, when were you ever sick or naked or thirsty or hungry or in prison? Like, we've never seen it. And Jesus says to them, when you've done it to somebody else, You've done it to me. We have been called to good works, church. We have been called to a different life. Not a life that focuses on building this earthly flesh. <laughs> what we do here on earth is noted in heaven. When we, when we sacrifice for Jesus, we'll be rewarded. When we, when we pray for the sick for Jesus, we'll be rewarded. When you give, when you submit, when you do all of these things, and this is not an exhaustive list. There's so many things in the Bible that tells us we will be rewarded for, but it's when we live a life of good works, when we live a life that surrender to Jesus, all of these things bring rewards, and all of these things affect our eternity. You and I are completely capable of doing all of these things. We are completely capable of living a life that God will reward. We are completely capable of taking what he's given us and bringing it into the kingdom. We are completely capable of showing acts of compassion. We are completely capable of helping those who are in need. We can do it, church. You can do it. It is not hard. It is not impossible. You just need to be intentional. And you need to always remember that what I do here affects there. Eternity is forever. We will live forever, but what we do here, it affects there. The same efforts, actually greater effort, that you put into living this life here on the earth, you have to put into your eternity life, your eternal life, your forever life. You need to equally put, or even more so, put an effort into what am I building into my eternity? What am I going to have when I get there? Am I going to get rewards or am I just going to get saved and get in and watch everybody else 
be rewarded for the life that they live for God. None of these earthly things will benefit your eternity. You can climb the corporate ladder. You can be the, the CEO or the CFO or the, the COO or the D-U-M-B-O. Like you can be any of those things. You can rise to the top. You can have degrees in all kinds of things. You can build your own business and become a millionaire. You can, you can, you can write books. You can, you can create products. You can do all of these things. But I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter how educated you are. A doctor is not going to get more in heaven than someone who's not. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. It doesn't matter what you've achieved in this life. None of the things on this earth affects what happens to you in eternity. The only things that affect your eternal life is what you do for the kingdom. The only thing that affects your eternal life is what you do for him. So much effort. So much effort. And I'm guilty too. <laughs> so much effort. I gotta get the car. I gotta get the house. I, I gotta get that job. I, I got to have certain amount of dollars in my bank. I, I got to have this. I got to have that. And we put so much effort into this. But what about his kingdom? What about the forever part of our life? What are we doing with this? It's not just here, guys. This is temporal. This earthly body will die but your spirit will live forever. What about this? What about this part, guys? What about this? What are we doing with this? Why is this part so much more important? Because we've made it more important. Because we've believed the lies of the world that we have to have certain things to be successful. We have to have certain things to, to, accomplish, to be accomplished. We have to have certain things to, to be recognized. This earthly life, the things that we have here, none of it matters in eternity. When the rapture happens, somebody else is going to live in my house and wear my clothes and drive my car. It doesn't go with you. We spend so much time Building up accolades, trophies. How many, how many, how many um, letters can I get behind my name? For this. But what about this? What about the rest of your life? This part is finite. This part is temporal. This part doesn't last. This part, the whole purpose of this part is to prepare for this part. None of these earthly things will give us any kind of rewards in heaven. God has blessed me here, but he's not going to take any of those things and count them in heaven. He's going to count, what did I do with what he's given me? What did I do with the life that he gave me, with the talents, with his kingdom? What did I do with Jesus? We need to always remember, church, that what we do here directly affects here. 
What we do now, how we live now, how we treat each other, what we do for the kingdom, all of it, every single thing we do, our decisions are being weighed. And they count. It counts. Our life here counts in eternity. And we need to remember that eternity is forever. What are you doing with your forever life? What are you doing with your forever life? I don't want to get to heaven and not have anything. <laughs> I don't want to get to heaven and have to tell Jesus, well, you know those talents you gave me? I built a really good life on earth. I had a great career. But I never did anything for you. What are we doing with our forever life, friends? Simeon, to get the music ready. I'm going to ask you to stand today, guys. What are we doing with this part? Are you preparing for it? Because this part of you will live forever. Are you ready for it? Because this part of you will live forever. And the decisions that you make today will directly impact what happens to you in eternity. Is it feeling heavy today? It's not. It's really not. It's really not, church. We just have to shift our focus. We have to shift our focus and put more importance on the part of us that's going to live forever. We need to realize that our time here on earth is only but preparation for eternity. I'm here to prepare. I'm not here to stay. I'm here to prepare. I'm not here to build. I'm here to prepare. I'm not here to lay anchors. I'm here to prepare because my home is in eternity. And if you're saved in your, this house, your home is in eternity with Jesus. But what are you doing to prepare for it? What you do here, church, it matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. How you live, it matters. And I want to encourage you this year, in the, this, this, this next series of weeks, whatever it is, I want to encourage you to shift your focus and realize that we are not here to stay. We are here to prepare. We are here to build his kingdom. We are here to build his kingdom. We are here to expand his kingdom. We are here to reach others and see more saved. We are here to heal the sick, to raise the dead. We are here to cast out demons. We are here to heal the lepers. We are here for his kingdom, not ours. This world will crumble. This world will fall away. Nothing here will last. Only what you do for eternity, that will last. With every eye closed before we move forward tonight, I just, today, I just want to, I want to ask, if you're in the house today and you've never, ever surrendered your life to Jesus, I want to encourage you, friend, do it today. Eternity is real. It is real. And when we, when we die, we will spend our life in one of two places. It'll either be in heaven and peace and joy and love will be with Jesus or it'll be hell. Hell is a terrible place. Hell is a real place. It's full of pain. It's full of torment. It's full of, of 
tears. It's full of loss and abandonment and loneliness. It's not a place you want to go. Eternity is real. And we will spend it one of two places. And so before we move forward today, I just want to ask, if you're in this house and you've never given your life to Jesus, but you say, you know what, today I want to make sure my home, my eternal life is in heaven. I want to make sure that my eternal life is with Jesus. Just raise your hand. and We're going to pray with you. Thank you, I see that hand. If you've never given your life to Jesus, or if you're not sure... <laughs> Just raise your hand today and make sure you know your forever home is with your Savior, the one who loves you, the one who died for you, the one who gave everything for you. He gave everything for you, church.